Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. This is episode 112, How Finals Week is Difficult for Professors and Students and How to Overcome It. Finals Week is an extremely stressful time for both professors and students. Students know this as a week where they have tests in most, if not all, of their classes. Professors see this as the week before all of the administrative work of final grades come in. Both are stressful because of the sense of being overwhelmed. How can we make Finals Week a little less awful for teachers and students. Well, starting out, part of the stress can be addressed at the beginning of the term. How much do teachers weight finals? What is the format? Is it an exam, a project, or a paper? Ways to alleviate final stress are to downweigh the finals or make them available to students for a longer period of time. If you have a term paper or term project assigned early or middle of the term, start working on it that week. If it's early in the term, you probably won't have a grasp on class material, so look at what the project or paper asks you to do and look at the course schedule. Doing this lets you figure out which lectures are really relevant to you. For example, I have students either pick their topic or pick from topics directly related to our classes, and that planning lets you as a student focus on some lectures not only for quiz planning and studying, but for your research. We talk a lot about breaking big projects into smaller chunks. Doing less work each day means starting that work earlier. And this planning is work toward your project or your paper, even if you don't see much initially. When it comes to exams, if your professor gives you study guides for them, use them. Get together with classmates, create study groups so that you can review material and quiz each other. Make and use flashcards, make and use self quizzes. Gather up your old flashcards. You have been using them, right? And review them for cumulative exams at the end of the semester. Set a goal with those. I have 180 flashcards. I want to be able to answer 170 of them on the first try before I take the exam. If the professor doesn't give you study guides, and let's face it, in college, a lot of professors won't, use the syllabus to figure out what the themes of the class are or were and what's fair game for the exam. If it's a cumulative exam, then use materials from previous tests. If it's not, then create materials for the parts you're responsible for. We've also provided a link in the show notes on how to create your own study guide. If it's a paper, make sure to have other people read it over for organization and flow and or for content. Do not submit a first draft. Make the worst draft you submit a second one because a second draft at least has more organization and hopefully fewer typos and awkward phrasings than a first draft. With so much of a grade at stake, the longer you put off polishing the work, the higher your stress levels will be, and vice versa. The less time you slack, the more time you give yourself, the lower your stress levels. Take a look at our episodes about writing as well for more help on moving from the first draft to the final draft. And you can find that information in episodes 86 and 101 through 104. Now, another way to help reduce finals anxiety, handle your business during the semester. 
complete your assignments. Put effort into the stuff before finals week to give yourself a cushion. If you have extra credit opportunities, take advantage of them. The more you give yourself room, the less stress you have on any single exam, paper, or project. And set two due dates for yourself. One for, this is the due date that my professor expects me to turn this in, and one a week or two earlier than that. To tell yourself, I'm going to finish this paper. If it's due on November 14th, I'm going to finish it by November 7th. And then I have that whole week to double check it, rest, think about it before I turn it in, instead of rushing to finish it on November 13th at 11.59 p.m. so I can turn it in at midnight on the 14th. Give yourself the time you need to do the work you need to do. Above all, do not grade bag your professors. We have lots and lots of students each term. Typical semester for me has 200 to 400 students. Grade begging does not show me sincere stress. It shows me a person is so unconfident in their efforts, they really think begging works. To me, grade begging is beneath all of our dignity. If you put consistent effort throughout the term, it's much easier for your professor to see you as a partner in education rather than an empty vessel designed to be filled and then given a letter grade. We're dealing with last minute and late assignments and managing various deadlines for our departments, for the university and so on. And grade begging is not one of the things that gets remembered when there are so many other stresses for us in the same time period. And if you're in that group of students who think, well, it can't hurt to ask, uh, actually it can. In the show notes, there's an article by Professor Stacy Smith who runs the Undergraduates Write website. And we'll just quote it here, although we do recommend reading the whole thing. Smith says, the majority of these it can't hurt to ask emails are coming from students who have not done the work. If you're having a problem that interferes with your coursework, Take the time to talk to your teacher during the semester. Don't wait until finals week. And certainly don't ask your teacher to grade a semester's worth of work a few days before grades are due. I have told students, it is unfair for me to expect you to get 14 weeks worth of work done in a week. But you know what? This is something I don't tell my students, but it's still true. It's unfair of you to expect me to grade 14 weeks of your work in one week. We have a deadline too. We have a day we have to file grades, and it's usually two or three days after finals are over. And if you think that you can turn in 14 weeks worth of work and expect me to grade that all in a day or two, you're dreaming, kid. Finally, change the way you look at your finals. Don't look at them as just a source of, ah, stress, I'm going to fail the class if I don't pass it. Look at them as a chance to show off what you've learned. If you've been keeping up on your studying and you've done a reasonable amount of prep for your finals, then they won't be scary exams. They'll just be a way to show that you know what the teacher tried to teach you. And take some stress off about the grade, too. Decide, I'm going to have a good enough goal and a stretch goal. So maybe 84% on the final, that's your good enough goal. 94% on the final is your stretch goal. Then shoot for 86% so you can meet that good enough goal. Practicing with flashcards to see how many you can get right before a final, that's a great way to see if you're on track to accomplish those two goals. And then you don't have to beat yourself up if you didn't get a perfect score. It can be, okay, my goal was to get at least 84%. I got 87. That's pretty good. And then you don't have to kick yourself. For professors, finals week means we have to get final grades ready. Again, typically two, maybe three days after finals ending. 
and it means the unenviable deluge of last minute requests about grades. One way to reduce stress is to have a set policy in terms of grade bumps or curving and put it in writing at the beginning of the term. I recommend some flexibility with some firmness. I'm happy to extend deadlines as needed, but if I don't see improvement or extra effort, then I don't necessarily bump the grades up. On the flip side, when I do see improvement throughout the semester and I see students consistently engaged and going for extra credit, coming to office hours, asking questions during classes, I'm more willing to bump up a student who's on that borderline. The idea is to match the student's level of commitment, not stress, not exhaustion, their commitment, what we can see through that effort. And as far as the administrative part of the class goes, if you can have your learning management system grade assignments, you know, as if they're multiple choice tests usually, that saves you a lot of grading time. If it takes you longer to grade written work, then have earlier deadlines, have a rubric, which makes grading a lot easier, and extend the deadline with the trade-off of extensive written feedback on the final drafts. Have students who want feedback ask for it ahead of time. Otherwise, let the grade on the final draft be the bulk of their feedback. Communication between students and professors, that goes a long way towards reducing anxiety and stress around finals week. If you talk, it's less likely to come on you as, oh God, it's finals week, now what do I do? And I'm talking both to students and professors on this one. Our experiences with it, I personally weigh and run my final exams as third quizzes or third midterms. Same number of questions, same timing, same weight as other quizzes and tests in the class. I do this so students don't have half their overall grade writing on one test when I know they're dealing with tests in their other classes. If I weigh something more heavily, I prefer to weigh my papers or projects a lot more because students have weeks or months available to work on them. And that means students have a lot more control over their effort and over their grades. I realize students can control how they study for my quizzes, but they don't control what questions they get asked. So there's an element of luck of the draw involved. And I don't feel comfortable having more than say 30% of an overall grade depending on any test or quiz. Because of that, most of my quizzes or tests are 15 to 25% of their overall grade at most. Most of the time I try and keep it more on the 15 to 20% range. Now I run my classes such that students have to be consistent turning in their work every week. I am a big believer in practice makes proficient and I require students to do some work every week, which is them getting the practice that they need to understand and apply the material. Now, some students of course leave everything until the last minute, which means that they're going to be turning in shoddy work if they turn it in at all. And if they grade beg, I simply tell them, I'm really sorry they left it to the last minute, but I do not change grades unless they can show me a math error, a vague or unclear question on a test, or some other issue with how their stuff was graded. I know that I can keep telling students they've got to start early and they've got to stay consistent, and I also know that some students will not take me seriously until week 14, when the end of the semester is no longer looming in the distance but towering right over them, and then it's too late. I've accepted I can't fix that situation. That's of the students making, and they sometimes need the shock of an F to make it clear you can't ignore the class for 10 or 14 weeks and still expect to pass. The way students can use this information, start preparing for finals week during the first week of classes. Look carefully at your syllabus. How many assignments are you going to be responsible for? 
what do you need to do for the grade you want to get in the class? Set up first and second deadlines for every assignment you have to produce and first and second study deadlines for every quiz and exam. Put them in your planner and then follow the plan. We've talked about this in many different episodes. Listen to our time management series, episodes 12 through 15, our testing series, episodes 38 through 44, and our recent episode on preparing for your finals, episode 109, for more help on this. Ideally, you should spend the entire semester focused on getting ready for what's due in finals week, whether that's taking the final, turning in a big paper, or doing a big presentation, or all three. If you start early and stay consistent, you'll be able to handle it without too much stress. And how teachers can use this finals week is always a drag. We know. We've been there recently. Like when we're recording this, literally, I just filed grades for my semester yesterday. <laughs> but you can always set up your class so that it's less of a drag. Instead of having a final exam and a final paper all due during finals week, maybe schedule your paper due date for earlier in the semester. Make it due in week 12 if you have a 15-week term or in week 7 if you're in a 10-week quarter. Also, consider making the final exam optional and only counting if it helps the student. I use standards-based grading with a bundle system, so students have more choices about what they can do during the semester. And since each student is choosing different things, I don't get a huge stack of papers to grade during the last week and into finals. If you review our episodes 51 and 88, which talk about how to change the way you structure your classes and your grading, you might find some relief for finals week stress there as well. So that's what we have for you in episode 112. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to join us next week for episode 113, when we'll talk about how to deal with the dreaded class presentation when you've got anxiety. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learning made easier. And we look forward to seeing you next week.